He's talking about what a person who doesn't learn Torah loses out on. He's talking about the punishment which results from not learning Torah. And we saw in Parakh of Pais a number of different stages of what a person suffers, so to speak, in this world, in his lifetime, for forfeiting the opportunity to learn Torah. And now we come to Parakh of Gimel. And now the Nefesh Chaim begins to tell us what a person loses in Shemaim after he dies from not learning Torah. So let's learn what he, the Sugi together. And the Nefesh Chaim says again in Parakh of Gimel, After a person leaves this world, Armor the Gemara says in Baba Basra, Kola Marpe Atzmi Medivri Torah, Nehul Beginam. Anybody who is weak in learning Torah, he falls into Ganam. Ram Shem Oid, another Gemara Kola Poyrish Atzmi Medivri Torah, Poyrish Medivri Sicha, Eishlech Nasi. A person who was learning Torah and he leaves Torah in order to involve in casual conversation, so he gets consumed by a fire. There's another Gemara also that says, Kola Mafsik Mishnasi Viyaitse. A person who was learning and stops and goes outside in the middle of his learning. So then, the Ganet of Fasuk says, That's Machidim, I say, Gachadei Rasamim. It's like we feed him burning coals. Uh, we feed him burning coals. It's, and so we see that the punishment that a person gets for interrupting his learning is fire. The fire of Gehinnom. The Aish which burns him, the Gachale Rasamim. Why? What's the concept of this fire and why is that the apt punishment for a person who interrupts his learning? So let's see one more reference which will explain it to us. The Mishle Rabasi, the Midrash Mishle. The Oizev Techachas Mate. A person who leaves the Divretaira, so he gets punished, mate. Why? Because the Gemara says he's like a metateya, a person who's making a mockery. Who was learning Torah. And now he abandons the divretor. He leaves them. That's as if he's metateya, making a mockery of the one who gave us, created the world. If he leaves Divrei in this world, so the result is going to be Hashem will leave him in the world to come. What's this concept of punishment which comes from leaving Divrei He doesn't say a person who never learned Torah. He says specifically a person who leaves Torah. Leaving Torah is a person who was learning, was meant to be learning, and he stops learning. Then he's considered having left the Torah. And then there's the punishments we speak about, the fire that the person gets for having left the Torah. And Chastashalim is considered in some way as if he's metateh, he's made light of, he's mocked. The Mishanavayayayayam, which means Hashem. What does it mean? So I want to share with you a principle. I heard once from one of the Tadiqa Yadar. Somebody who I was privileged to meet as a young Bach when I first came to Israel. He was then nearly a hundred years old. Apparently, even though there was no official mashgiach in a Baruch Balei in Kaminet, he was the person who used to nevertheless give some kind of a musavad in the yeshiva there. 
And when I got to know him that it's it was already much later, many, many years later. He was considered one of the Tzadik Yadok. His name was Rav Gedalia Eisen, and I want to share with you a principle which I heard from him. Really, it's an explanation of a Svarno, but it's a lesson which tells us a lot about a lot about how Kaddish Baruch Hu works, and I'll explain it to us as Nefesh Achayim as well. And the Svarno is discussing the Pasuk. That, discuss, that describes when Moshe Rabbeinu made his way back to Egypt after he had spoken to Hashem and Hashem had commanded him to save Klai Yisrael. And it says on the way Moshe came to an inn and he stayed there overnight. It happened on the way when he was in a Malon in, in an inn in some kind of a hotel. Hashem met him and Hashem wanted to kill him. Why was that? Why did Hashem want to kill him? So Rashi tells us in Sukhazal that really Moshe was meant to give his younger son the Razor a breast. And Moshe didn't do that. And because of that, so he was there was a certain kitruk, there was a certain accusation leveled against Moshe. And that's why he was Tchayev Mesa until his wife Tipura realized what had happened and she gave Razor a breast and that took away the accusation against him. Now, we need to understand, as Fana points out, is what's the two parts of the Pasuk? Hashem met him, Hashem, and then What's the significance of the first part? Of the fact that Hashem met him? What's it coming to teach me? And the Svana explains the Yusuf. And the Svana says that really, what happened was that Moshe was meant to give his son a breast. Now we know that a bris is a covenant, and for there to be a covenant, it takes two parties to agree to that covenant. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch comes, expecting Moshe to give his son a bris. Hashem came specially. Hashem came specially to perform the bris with Moshe, to keep the covenant. And what happened is, Hashem came and Moshe wasn't there. Moshe didn't give his son a bris. And says the Sfarno, at that stage. So then that same rotten, that same desire that there had been in order to create that covenant with Moshe, why Hashem will come especially for that. So now, now it turns against him. Now it becomes an accusation. You brought Hashem here for nothing. You brought Hashem here to, for nothing, kid, and you weren't ready. Then it becomes a time. The fact that you, you didn't, so to speak, fulfill your part of the deal. It means that you were, in some way, making light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu You came for nothing. You were especially. And you weren't ready. So that brings Nainish. Vayif Hashem. Hashem came to meet him, intending to bring bracha. Vayavakesh But when that never happened, then it became a kitruk. Then it became something which was an accusation on Moshe. And we can understand the Yisrael very well. We understand the Yisrael very well. Imagine you would invite a Godel to your house. And imagine for whatever reason he's going to make the effort to come. He agrees. And he comes specially and knocks on the door. And then, ah, oh, I forgot. I wasn't there today. What? You brought it for nothing? You didn't even show up? That becomes a kitchen. Rather, don't do it. But, so to speak, to 
make somebody else come specially and then not be available that's already a zilzul that's already a disgracing the other person when did he say this words? before Rosh Hashanah and he said the Pasuk says about Rosh Hashanah that the whole world stands prepared before Hashem because he's coming it says twice because he's coming because he's coming to judge the world what's the double lush it says look at that it says really the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is coming to this world in the capacity of a king which we and the entire the entire creation is ready to crown is ready to accept their Malchus so HaKadosh Baruch Hu is coming so to speak to be to, to be the king over us to be accepted by us as a king. He's coming expecting us to coronate. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes and people aren't doing that. And it's not what was expected. So then that middle of goodwill, which there had been, has now changed into a middle of punishment. And that's why Chas V'Shalom, Klai Yisrael aren't prepared. And Klai Yisrael don't mamlech Hashem. And that becomes a reason to punish us. Hashem is Ba, Ki Ba. He came here really from Amalek Hashem. It came, we're talking about crowning Hashem as the king. But if not, then the second, Ki Ba Yishboi Then it becomes he's coming to judge the world. Hashem is coming, you're not ready for him. You're not prepared. That becomes a zilzul. With that understanding in mind, then we can explain what the Nefesh HaKhaim is bringing here too. A person who abandons the Torah, so he's making a mockery of Hashem. Why? Because that level of that level of Learning Torah means, like we saw before, any time that a person mentions Hashem's name, Hashem comes. Hashem comes. So when a person sits and does Torah, he brings Hashem to learn with him. And now Hashem is here. He came to learn with you. And you turn your back on him and start talking to somebody else. And you ignore that fact. And, so to speak, leave in the middle. That's a techachas. That becomes the source for punishment. While you mazalzal on the quote of Hashem to bring him specially to learn with you and you don't bother to learn with him. And that's why there's a punishment for the person who leaves his learning. And that's the punishment we talked about the Aish. The punishment of the Aish is a punishment for that zilzal in Kvot That's a scary topic. We see it in other places also. In other times as well. That this idea, Chazal says to Gemara in Brachas, that when there's a million of ten people davening, the Shekhinah is there. And Chazal say that if there's a place where there's normally a million, the Akkadish Baruch Hu is active, Akkadish Baruch Hu comes first. And if Lemaisa, a million doesn't show up, then it becomes a kitrug on the people. Madu'a bosi ish. 
Why did I come and nobody was here? You're bringing a Kaddish Baruch Hu, specially, so to speak, to hear your tefillah, and you're not there. The Anish, no one shows up, there's no minion. You brought the Shekhinah for nothing. Then it becomes the Kitrug. Bosi Anish. The same thing applies on a deeper level too. The same thing applies on a deeper level too. There's a Pasuk which talks about the tremendous punishment for a person who does mitzvahs, but he does them in a way which is called Mulumada. Out of rot. Out of habit without thinking. And the Pasuk makes it sound like it's worse than not doing them. There's a tremendous punishment which the uh, Nabi tells us for people who act in a way which they are us are But to hear Yerasa Moisei, If the way they fear Hashem is out of habit, out of road, without thinking, then Hashem says He's going to punish Israel in a tremendous way. A completely unnatural way of punishing us. The Gemara connected to the Pasuk in the Kladis of, of Kisavai. Vehifla Hashem is my Hashem will make your punishment something unbelievable. Something out of the norm. And what that punishment coming from? Hakle Vafele on a person whose mitzvahs were Melumada. A person who did mitzvahs without thinking about them, without paying attention. Why is it so bad? And the answer is, it lies in the first part of the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Yan Because these people came to serve Hashem. They came to Hashem, we hear we're doing mitzvahs for you. And they did. When they came to the mitzvahs, then it's prepared with It was a lip service. It was empty actions. Their heart wasn't there. That's called Mulumada. And what's so bad? You brought Hashem especially for that? That's what makes you bring Hashem to where you are. You say you're going to serve Him. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes in order to be served. In order to be a part of what a person is doing. And then the best they can come up with is a mitzvah. The best they can do is something without any feeling, without any thought. The zilzul. The fact that that's a disgrace, so to speak. That's what brings the punishment. And that's the side we see here as well. But there's an element of punishment which comes from that uh, that element of the zilzal. The element of, you brought a Kaddish Baruch Hu for this. You brought a Kaddish Baruch Hu to the shul. If you're diving, there's no minion. You brought a Kaddish Baruch Hu to learn with you. And you weren't, you weren't paying attention to the learning. You were being interrupting your learning. You brought a Kaddish Baruch Hu, so to speak, to receive your mitzvahs. And you do a mitzvah in a way which completely ignores the fact that Kodesh Baruch is here. That's the punishment. And that's what we call it the Aish. The Aish, which is the Chlasai, is the, so to speak, the, the Kama, the Kina, for the lack of Kodesh and what a person did. And that's a scary thing to think about. Because often when a person is learning Torah, there is a temptation to be interrupted to deal with other things, to speak on other topics. And if a person thinks that HaKadosh Baruch is sitting and talking to me, 
and teaching me. I want to say, Hashem, excuse me, one second. I need to talk to somebody else. I keep you waiting. That's a tremendous zilzal in Kvachamay. And that's why the master can be trusted. The person who leaves his learning gets such a tremendous English. Nefesh Chaim now brings another quote from Chazal, this time from the Zayar. The Zayar Yikra. Amr Abishimai. Zakoin inan maridit nishmasa. Zakoin fortunate, worthy are those people who are the marid, are the masters of the neshama. Marid are the people who consider masters of Torah. Because they are the b'nei pulchon of the Malka Kadesha. They are the ones who serve Hashem. And on the contrast, the other side, vayle inun chayobin. Woe to those who sinners. That aren't worthy of connecting to their master. To call man the loy zachi by raisa, anybody who doesn't have the merit of Torah, loy zachi loy beruach loy b'neshama, doesn't deserve a ruach or a neshama. We'll explain soon. Ve'istab kusa didhain ba'husitra didizim bishin, and what is he connected to? Not a ruach and a neshama. He's connected to the side of the inhibition of the forces of bad. And he has no connection to, to holiness. And where is it evident what he's going to lose out on, such a person? The pity for him is going to be when he leaves this world. Because then he's going to be known to those forces of bad. And he calls in the Mari Chatsifusa. The incident forces, as strong as dogs, the agents of Gehinim won't have mercy in him. So the Zara talks about the contrast between the person who is a Mari, the Nishmasa, a person who has his Nishama, a person who has Torah, to a person who doesn't have Torah and is connected to the side of the Ra, the side of evil. What does it mean? So let's explain one thing at a time. The first principle is something we've spoken about many times here we said in the Nazar. We know that there are many sides to the spiritual part of a person. There's a nefesh, ruach, neshama. There's a progression of three stages and it's like we said, spiritually, in the person. The nefesh interacts with his body. The ruach is a higher level which interacts with his life, with his personality, and then his seichel, and then the neshama which is his connection to Hashem. Every person is born with that chain. It's through the neshama, then the ruach, then the nefesh, that a person receives his life, that a person receives whatever he's meant to receive from HaKadosh Baruch. And Yishafa, and Yibracha, and Yishyata Dishmah. But the principle of the Kabbalah is, not everybody merits connecting to those levels. When a person is born naturally, he's connected to his nefesh. That's the part of him which interacts with his body. So everybody is born with a nefesh. But the ability to grow to a high level and be able to connect to the ruach or even the neshama depends on the person. The uh, Zara says in other places, the person, when he's born, they give him a nefesh. Zachu yatu. If he did more to demerit it, then he gets his ruach. And if he's zachu yatu, he merits even more than that, then he gets given a neshama. The number of levels involved. 
not everybody is, is worthy. And that's why the Zara says that fortune is the person who's a married Nishmasa. A person is considered a master of the Nisham. He has a connection to his Nisham. And how did he get that? Because he's a married Daraisa. He has a connection to Torah. He has a connection to his Nisham. Like you know, we've spoken lots of times. The two are our ways of connecting to Hashem. What Hashem gave us was the Torah. Our ability to connect to Hashem is through our Nisham. So, fortunate is the person who has that connection. And then the next point, the person who doesn't learn Torah is missing that connection. Not only doesn't he have, and the Shami doesn't have a Ruach either. He's never grown. He remains on the level of just his Nefesh. And then, in the contrast, the Zohar says, Vai, it's a pity, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cry of despair. For the person who never connected to his neshama, who never grew, who never used Yitzhah as opportunity to learn Torah. That's the first point of the Zohar. But let's now explain the second part of the Nefesh, of the Nefesh Achaim Zohar. And that is, why if a person doesn't learn Torah, is he on the Sitra of the Zillian Vishen? Why if a person doesn't learn Torah, is he on the side of the Ra, of the evil forces? So here I want to share you. Sorry, we've spoken about this once before, a long time ago, Nefesh Achaim. I want to share it again. And that is, we know that there's a colossal fight between two opposing forces in the world. The Merkava of Kedusha and the Merkava of Tumma. Two superpowers. But now, even if you're going to have two superpowers, two superpowers in conflict with each other, fighting with each other, it might be the whole country's at war. But the actual place where the war is is on the front line. There's a certain point of conflict, a certain point where the two armies will meet and that's where really the war is going to take back going to take place that's really where the battle is going to be felt and the same thing in our world if there's two forces at war with each other Kedusha and Timur so the question is where's the line where the two meet or where the conflict is going to be and the answer is that's here in our world that's between people and because of that there are going to be people who are on the side of Kedusha and they're going to be people who are on the side of Ra, people on the side of Hashem, and people on the side of Kibiyachal of the Sot. And the fight is going to be between them. Just like there was a fight between Aram Avinu and Nimrod. There was a fight between Mordechai and Homo. There was a fight between Meitzir Avinu and Bidam. That just was the point of battle between the good and bad. When you have Tzadikim who are on the side of good, and Rishonim on the side of bad. Each power is going to help its fighters in order to further the aims of that side. Now, what makes a person a fighter for good or a fighter for bad? What makes a person an emissary of Hashem or a shriach of the Satan? And the answer is, we're not talking about the average Russian who's interested in fulfilling his own time and living a life of the Rebbe. Just like we're not talking about a person who wants to do the right thing and is happy to try to do mitzvahs along the way. That's a person who will definitely be rewarded and punished for every action he does. That's the principle of Emuna. But isn't necessarily going to be used by either side as, so to speak, as an ambassador, as an agent, as a warrior for that ideology. Rather, what it's going to take is a person 
who wants to represent the Satan. And what I mean by that is the person who's trying to fight against Hashem, fight against the Torah, fight against Torah Yisrael. When a person, that's their mindset, that's what they're trying to do. So then, that person is going to be used by the Satan as a as somebody to promote his his goals. Just like if a person wants to fight for Hashem, they fight for the Torah. It's not the person who wants to has his own program in life or plan in life and just he does wants to do mitzvahs at the same time. Then we're talking about somebody that's his goal, that's his direction, that's his aim. But now what does each side, so to speak, equip their soldiers with. Here it's very different. It's very different. What's necessary for the Ra, so to speak, to to outfit a soldier for Ra, somebody who's going to work for the benefit of the Satan, is very different from what Kedusha needs to give somebody who's going to become the ambassador of Kedusha. And the difference is, the difference is that when it comes to the Ra, what the Ra needs to be successful, to be powerful, is one of the following three things. Either tremendous strength, or power, or money. Because that's what's going to motivate other things to work with him as being Ra. That's also what Chazal say, that It's not just the average Russia, but the person who's trying to harm Klai Yisrael. So he's going to become a leader. Because the Sultan sees him as potential, so to speak, a warrior for the Sultan. And therefore, he's going to give him power, he's going to give him strength, he's going to give him the ability to do more as a Russian. That's what he needs. Whereas when it comes to a person who's fighting for Hashem, our Gedolim, our leaders, they didn't need money, they didn't have money. They didn't need power, they didn't need strength. What they needed was one thing. They needed Ruach HaKodesh. They needed the fact that it was clear to people that Hashem was with them. That they could daven Hashem would answer. That they could give advice and it would happen. That would enable the person to be a leader on the side of the battle for Hashem. And if you're going to show cases like that, for example, if you would line up, let's say, on the one side, the Chafetz Chaim, against Hitler and Machshemur. So what Hitler needed to fight for Ra was tremendous strength, tremendous power. What the Chafetz Chaim needed to be general for Tov. No power, no money, no armies, but Ruch HaKodesh. And now what the Zohar is telling us is a tremendous point. And that is, a person who learns Torah is a fighter for Hashem. Maridara Araisa, that's the Koyach, that's the strongest Koyach which brings condition to this world. A person who distances themselves from Torah, who has no connection to Torah, so then he could be somebody who is connected to the Citrin vision, someone who is connected to the side of the Zin vision, of the evil. Because it could be a person who might outwardly look like he's a good person. But if he's re- in reality, he's an undercover agent for the Sun. It could be. A person who's never connected to Torah, does, uh, there's a possibility that they could be also being used to do Ra. 
This brings us to the next point. There's such an idea that's expressed in the Torah as well. The Torah talks about enemies of Hashem. It's a scary concept. There's such a thing as an enemy of Hashem, a person who's not just doing the Averis, doing the wrong thing, a person who's fighting Hashem. And the, reward, the punishment for such a thing, Hashem is going to destroy those enemies. We mentioned him previously. I'll mention him again. I wanted the opportunity as a younger brother to speak to Antarctica of Gedalia Eisen. He must have been close to 100 at the time. He was sitting across the table from me. It was just before Hashem. And I asked him, How do I know Hashem Shalom? If I'm not in the category of one of those people that the Apostle is talking about. That an enemy of Hashem, and Hashem is paying back in this world to destroy. And I mentioned before, from the guy at the time was nearly 100, because it makes his answer all the more amazing. When Gedalia jumped up, and so to speak, leaned over the table, grabbed my shirt, and he said, Did you say a Sonei Hashem? He said, Someone who's learning Torah, how can he think that he's a Sonei Hashem? That was all the answer I needed. And now I see it and from the side. It's only a person that has no connection to Torah who could potentially be in such a category. The person is learning Torah, obviously he's not learning it for completely negative reasons. But the person is learning Hashem's Torah is bringing so much good to the world that automatically puts him on Hashem's side. That automatically makes him somebody who's working for Hashem. If he's a Maria Rice, if he's a person who's connected to Torah, so then you should know that he's on the side of Kedusha. Someone is on the side of Tumah, it's not that he has to get punished by going to Gehenna. That's his place. That's where he belongs. That's the environment that he lived here in, and he'll only be aware of it when he leaves this world. Says Azar, Vai, woe to that person. He's going to find that he leaves the world that really his natural habitat is in Gehenna. It's with those Kalbi Khatifin, it's with those, so to speak, insolent dogs, which means the Koichel Sabrat. That's where he lived. That's what he was connected to. But the consolation for us is that only a person doesn't learn Torah. When a person learns Torah, so then that puts him in the camp of, so to speak, those who are bringing Shemayim to them, those who are working for Hashem. Well, just to finish with the quote of Gedalia, Soinov, an enemy of Hashem, a person in the Torah can never think of himself as an enemy of Hashem. That's the... That puts them on the, automatically on the side of Kedusha and it already sets them on the path of being able to connect to the Nishant.